The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. I've seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready, ready to go. go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy day. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this Positively podcast. I'm Victoria Stewell. I'm here with my wonderful colleague, Ali Lesnar. Say hey, Ali. Hello, hello. How you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Trying to stay warm. I know. Oh, my gosh. Look, I moved to Atlanta primarily because obviously my husband's family's here and I love it here, but I moved for the warmer weather. Mm, You were out of luck, man. Freezing. Really, really cold. And you know what? Bella, because um, for those of you who didn't know, my uh, beautiful dog Sadie, she passed away last February. And um, But I adopted a senior dog, and her name is Bella Boo. Bella, she is a Shih Tzu mix, and we've had her for, I think, a couple of months now. And she doesn't care about it. She doesn't, she doesn't mind if it's hot outside, if it's cold outside. She's an outside dog. She's Bella Boo's out. Jasmine, Jasmine does not want to know. She will go out and do her potty out there, and then she will come straight back in. And if I do try to even take her out, because I want to take her out and give her exercise, I put on her little pink coat, and it's not because the pink coat that she wants to come back inside, because she's the same if I don't put the pink coat on. But I put the pink coat on, and she goes walking, and then she haunches. She haunches up. She looks like a little old lady and looks at me and turns around and says, for the love of goodness, can we please... Please go home. Your husband just showed me a video of her in the snow, and she couldn't decide which paw not to put down. Yeah. But <laughs> she yeah. did not want to be in it. She did not want to be. All. And most of the time, we, I, she was snuggled in my jacket. But, I mean, you know, come on. Look, she's a, I know she's a chihuahua, and chihuahuas are incredibly emotional dogs, right? And you can absolutely see their feelings, and just they wear their heart on their paw, right? They are just, they are emotional dogs. But she does, she is a bit dramatic. I think there are some dogs like people that can be a bit more dramatic. I'm sorry, I just thought, I thought she was a meerkat this whole time. Yeah, she is a meerkat. Is she not a chihuahua? She She's is. a chihuahua? She is, I'm so this, sorry. This is news to me. I know this is a revelation. No, this is news to for me. those of you, just go on my site and you'll see a picture of Jasmine. She is a a chihuahua mix and we think she's been mixed by a mer- with a meerkat because she looks she's got a meerkat face she does she has this meerkat she's just a really interesting dog she's a very bizarre dog but i do i think she's she's a little dramatic and yeah she is a bit dramatic know. and when she's outside and she doesn't like something she will really show you okay maybe she's like a mother she will really show you um so i have to find ways to enrich her life indoors Which brings us to, if you are in a part of the country and it is freezing cold and you can only take your dogs out for a little bit, what do you do inside the home or what can you do to enrich their lives? 
I have some ideas, Victoria. Oh, I know you do, because you're great at this. And this is for, can I dedicate this to my cousins who are in Iowa? Let's listen to this. They okay. are in Sioux City, Iowa. Okay, I'm complaining too much, can't I? Because Anc- I bet it's like minus, oh. minus, minus. Oh, bit. it's in, so uh, Ankeny, Iowa, and then we have Rochester, Minnesota. Bless their hearts. And then my others, they're going up to, I believe it's Mitchell, South Dakota. So we're talking, I mean, feet of snow. Just snow forever, and they still get out sometimes, but usually in December, January, they have to, the dogs have to stay indoors, and they have golden retrievers, they've got doodles, I mean, what, what do I we mean, do? Ha- you can put, I mean, there are booties that you can put mm-hmm. on your dog, yeah. and the, and people do walk their dogs in booties, which is very important, because mm-hmm. when it is so, so cold like that, dangerously cold like that, you have to protect those paws, mm-hmm. okay, but... What can you do in places like this to enrich your dog? Ready for a crazy idea? Yeah. Okay. Okay. First one's crazy. No idea is too crazy. No so idea excited. is too crazy. Indoor parkour. Okay. Indoor Tell, parkour, what is, Victoria. What is this all about? Indoor parkour. Okay. <laughs> so as a certified canine fitness trainer, yes, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I love to do some fitness and it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be so regimented. But what I'm talking about here is if you do allow your dog on the furniture. So again, we, we're, not, we're not turning it into romper room, as my dad would say. But what we can do is we can take some treats and we can lure your dog into different positions and I know it sounds a little lame but it can be cool can your dog just put two paws up on the couch what about the back paws up on the couch can we go on the couch off the couch on the bed off the bed can they sit down stand or spin on these different surfaces do you have an ottoman so kind of turning your living room into a little bit of a dog park in an organized way so we're not just saying we get the zoomies all over the place but if you want to go downstairs to the basement and do this so you have one specific room this is something we can do to implement a little bit of fitness you can ask your dog to do these things repetitively so if you ask your dog to sit and and then um, get them into a stand or toss a treat so they get back up from the sit 10 times in a row that is tiring and your dog has to work and engages their brain it engages their muscles and you'll be surprised how difficult that is i see so many puppies in group classes by the end of the group class they won't sit anymore and people think oh my gosh we've just been working on this behavior for so long why won't you sit it's because the puppy's tired yeah his little muscles are tired Mm so if you have a big dog if you've got a really athletic dog you can do multiple sets and reps of these sits and downs and transitions but that's the crazy idea okay so what about people who say i don't want my dog to pause on my sofa i don't want them to learn how to get up on my sofa what are you saying ali i'm i'm saying that we can we can make arrangements but I, i allow my dog on the bed and on the couch you know he's not going to become the boss he's not going to do all these things he he's going to go to the comfy surely place. not i'm sure I'm, <laughs> i thought i thought that when dogs are on the bed or on the sofa they suddenly become top dog no he's <laughs> looking for the comfiest spot there and why i say it as a fitness trainer is because we're looking for an uneven surface because it makes it more difficult can we do this on the flat floor of course we can we probably want to use a rug or a carpet or a mat of some kind because we don't want the dog to slip on the hardwood if we're asking him for these different positions but it's something that we can do on the bed or if you don't want your dog up on the bed or on the couch you can use some cushions or just a towel or something else to do these different positions say fitness isn't your thing or maybe you have miss miss bella if if you know bella i don't fitness may not be her strong (laughs) suit she's not the most 
agile of beasts. She's not because her body is so long. Yeah, it's very she long. She looks like one of these um, in Toy Stories. You said, was it you is who it said Slinky that? Dog? Slinky, the yeah, Dachshund who's so long. Me. I think she looks like a Dandy Dumas almost. She does. She does. She she's. Or she could be part Basset Hound. I don't know. She is the most bizarre dog. And we always say that um, if you asked a five-year-old child to draw a dog, they would draw Bella. And then the teacher would go, oh, that's very sweet. Doesn't look like a dog, but that's very sweet because all the proportions are completely out of proportion. And that's Bella. She's got an incredibly long neck, a very odd face, an incredibly long back, tiny stubby legs. And I love her. I love her. And, you know, she dances like a lipizzana, a horse. Like, oh, okay. you know, and they pick up their front hooves. Whenever I come, or front front legs, I should say, whenever I come, I haven't, I don't know, I been out and I come back and she's so excited to see me she dances it's called the Bella Boo dance Lipizzaner. and it's like from one po- one paw to another to another yeah it's very... I'm thinking more Shetland Pony no but... I'm talking Lipizzana okay no no Lipizzana right. Shetland Pony yeah she's a Lipizzana okay You're kidding all right then what, what's Klaus then my dog the standard poodle oh. that's just got... Klaus is He's a standard the... poodle who is if if there could be, you know, the, the, the three musketeers, right? Mm. He could be the fourth musketeer. He would be. He would be. He is very dandy. Yes. And he's, he's such a, a bizarre dog and such a just a, adorable. He's like, he could be the most interesting boyfriend. Oh, thank you. No, he, so, but, but, and he's got an accent, hasn't he, He Ali? does. He's, okay, so what is it? Oh, Mata, I'm so excited to be training today. Oh, now you've done a bit. I feel like he's the lipizzaner in the stable that puts braids in his hair and he wants them done a certain way. And all the other lipizzaners look at him like, yeah, that's Klaus. Yeah, yeah, that's Klaus. Yeah. That's perfect. That's a perfect explanation oh, because him. he is quite bizarre. But he is just the most. He's a smart dog. And I love the relationship that you have with him. It's a very organic relationship. Oh. Yes, you do a lot of work with him. You do a lot of training with him. But you also, in a, in, a, in a future podcast, I want to talk about this. You also, apart from giving him a lot of choice, you are also training him to kind of ask you or, or let you know when, A, he wants things, but also tell you whether he wants to do something or he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And we are going to talk about that in a future podcast because I think that's kind of where training is going. Mm-hmm. Teaching is going. See, I still yeah. use training. Teaching. And and we do a lot of concept training, but uh, let me tell you about concept, the f- Klaus's first Christmas. So Klaus's first Christmas, we drove him. Thank you, mother and dad. I love you so much. Drove him to Iowa from Georgia because <laughs> I didn't want to be apart from him on Christmas. Oh, my and goodness. And we go into the house, and there's there are, what was it, 16 people, golden retriever. and Things not to do in the Christmas holidays. not to do, but we used management. We had baby mm-hmm. gets up, and Klaus really lived downstairs. Luckily, it was a nice, big, beautiful home. Klaus lived downstairs, but how did I enrich him in this place? Because we were up on a bluff. We got snowed in, oh. so what did we do? Wow. One thing that Klaus is really good at is hide-and-seek. Love it. You can Favorite make hide-and-seek super simple. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Klaus's version. It's advanced, smart dog. I'm a standard poodle version. Okay. That is where I can take a ball, his favorite squishy ball. Yeah. And I can hide it pretty much anywhere in a room. And over time, I've kind of taught him what's inbounds and what's not inbounds. But I can put it pretty much anywhere in that room. And I'll tell him to go to go to his bed in a different room. I'll ask him to wait. I go hide the ball and I come back and release him and say, okay, seek. And he gets to go find that ball. And he will search Victoria for 
10 minutes. Mm -hmm. He will Mm -hmm. search. So, Victoria, how do we teach dogs to do this? Maybe they can't do the advanced version quite yet. Yeah, well, find something that your dog really likes. If your dog is not a toy-motivated dog, you could try getting a Kong toy, for example, and putting some of your dog's favorite food in. And how I start this game is that I will place the toy in an area where the dog can really see it. So I'll make a big fuss of placing it maybe behind the, the a chair leg or something. And then I um, will go back to my dog and say, seek, go seek. And um, if the dog kind of even doesn't get that I have to go and get that toy, I might go with the dog to go get the toy, right? And um, get the dog really excited about the toy. But most of the time, when you tell the dog to go seek, they're going to go straight for that toy. And then they can eat a little bit of the food out of the toy, and then I'll get the toy back, and then I might hide it somewhere a bit harder for the dog and then gradually as we play this game and every dog learns at a different pace so it might be a couple of hours it might be a few days it might be a few weeks I'll get to the point where I can hide the toy and tell the dog to go seek now um, you can do this inside obviously you can do it outside when the weather is better but inside you don't just have to use one toy you can maybe use two or three toys and if you want to hide your dog's dinner in them then do that. So instead of just wasting a really good teaching opportunity, don't just feed your dog from the bowl, right? Put your dog's food in toys and hide it around the house. Okay, now you're going to go hunt and seek for your meal. So I can tell you by the time your dog's done that, they're going to be tired. Great enrichment. Absolutely. That's a good point that you can feed your dog through that mechanism too. And what I like that you said about at the end is what you're looking for is your dog to be tired. So one good way to, to see whether your enrichment is truly enriching is does your dog take a nap afterwards? Because that's what we all want, right? That's right. why we walk our dogs. So they get enrichment. They go see things. They go do things. And I can tell you, after playing hide-and-seek with Klaus for 30 minutes, he sleeps just as much as if we had walked for 30 minutes. So if you mm-hmm. doubt that this can be as enriching for as a walk or a run for your dog, I promise you, this is really difficult for them. And I want to add another thing. If you have a dog that is used to having children around, uh, maybe they live together, and the dog really loves being around children and is okay with children running around the house, one thing that's really fun to do, especially if you get snowed in and the kids are there, take one of the kids' toys, tell the kid to go in the other room, close his eyes, you hide the kid's toy somewhere in the room, and then you hide the dog's toy somewhere in the room, you release them both and see who wins. Who is going to go find their toy first? And it's really, really fun, especially with young kids, because they want to try and beat the dog. And again, we're hiding them in separate places, so we don't have a conflict here. And we're also doing it with a dog that is extremely friendly, that is not a resource guard or at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is a really fun game. Another thing that you can do, guys, are puzzle toys. Just Google puzzle toys for dogs, and you'll find so many great puzzle toys out there that you hide their food in hide um, treats in, uh, oh my gosh, just a a really great enriching uh, exercise for dogs to do. Also, if you have some leftovers and maybe you feed your dog some table scraps and you have some really great like white meat turkey or something that you can feed your dog, no cooked bones or anything, but you could give them leftovers or... We can put it, you can put it in a, a bowl or a Tupperware, put some water in it, freeze it, mm, and then give that. your dog a block of some leftovers. Uh, that's oh, going to be my brilliant. Goodness. So he's got to lick it all up. You could put it on a mat so that we don't get any leakage anywhere, but that will take your dog a long time to get those leftovers out of that ice block. Or you could put his toys in ice blocks. Mm-hmm. I know I'm thinking of the office when, is it Jim that put 
Dwight's things in Jello or ice blocks or something. But yes, I think we he can, did, didn't he? We can put yeah. dogs in things. We can help melt them a little bit. Yeah. But we can, we can use that. Or we can always just put uh, some food in food puzzles, just like Victoria said. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that. Any more enrichment ideas before we move on to questions? I would just think about... Uh, I've always just thought about what I do in babysitting. When I have fun with babysitting, I've always had some fun music videos and things. And I remember, this is a little embarrassing, Victoria, but there was one time that Klaus and I, I think it was the power was out. We weren't snowed in because it was Atlanta, but the power was out and no internet, no TV, couldn't leave because I think it was storming. So I thought, what can I do? And I had thought about this for a while, but Klaus and I, yes, I'm a dog trainer, so it's cheating a little bit, but I taught Klaus, we just did a ton of training, and I taught him to do the secret handshake from the parent trap. No. I did. Are you kidding? So we came up with our own version of it. Oh, oh, sorry. (laughs) We did this, and we did that, and he and I did the... The parent trap. So we did some training, which, so maybe you can't teach your dog to do that, but you can come up with, um, like you could do a music video with the kids and they could teach the dog to come sit on his mark and put his paw on a post-it note or sit on a book and he could be a part of the music video. Or you could do a talent show. If you have two dogs and two kids, they could teach the dog something and then have a talent show. Um, And just thought about all these things with dogs and kids, make a pup fort where the kids get to make a dog. Instead of a fort for kids, they make one for the dog, and he has his place, and the kids have their place. Brilliant. There's so many different things to do. Do you know what? I I think we could do a podcast for how to keep your children enriched as well. Right? We should start that. Yeah. That would be amazing. It would not involve crates, but... (laughs) I, I love it. I love that this whole thing... I mean, we could go on forever with enrichment because there are so many things that you can do mm-hmm. so um and hey if you've got any enrichment ideas please email us at tv.positively.com because if you've got enrichment ideas we'd like to share them with everybody but thanks so much for those ali brilliant brilliant things that you can do when it is too cold to take your dog outside Hey, you got something on your mind? What are you, a wizard, a genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they they physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what? What the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the yes. question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't dog. know my dog. Just ask Victoria. Ask Victoria. Here we go. Okay. Um, Ali, what are your questions? This is Timothy in Burke Burnett, Texas. Howdy, Timothy. I'm from Texas. Hello, hello. Timothy says, we have a 10-month-old golden retriever who has extreme energy levels. He jumps on everyone and everything, shreds his toys, and can't calm down even when everyone in the house is calm. What can he do? Oh, a 10-month-old golden retriever. Well, I had a lab for a, a, a long time. We had, uh, she, gosh, she lived with us for 11 years. And, uh, you know, I think certainly with these, retri- with, with large dogs, especially with all of this energy, it's got to go somewhere. So is there some kind of activity, some kind of sport you can do with your dog? I mean, there's so many different kinds of sports you can do, clubs all over the country. It doesn't matter where you live. There are um, sports and clubs and things that you can join with your dog. But things like 
agility, maybe, or I don't know, tribal, or maybe you've got some kind of scent work class you could go to. It's all about trying to get all of that energy into something that is more positive rather than dog driving you crazy, which I understand you don't want this energetic dog around all the time. Um, it, you have to find ways to enrich that dog's life. So I always see it that the gas tank is um, full at the beginning of the day. And it's my job to ensure that at the end of the day, that gas tank is empty. So how am I going to do that? I'm going to do that with a mixture of enrichment exercises. By that, maybe I'm going to give my dog puzzle toys. Maybe I'm going to train do train my dog, teach my dog a new skill. Maybe um, I'm then going to physically enrich my dog and I'm going to take my dog out for a walk, maybe a couple of walks. Maybe today is the day that I'm going to do my dog sport with my dog. Um, I'm going to find ways that I can ensure that that gas tank is empty at the end of the day. Now, if you're out and you're working, then maybe you could take your dog a couple of days a week to a really good doggy daycare. Be careful of doggy daycares that just put your dog in into a small space with a lot of other large dogs. That doesn't work. Make sure that you choose a daycare that is a bit more measured and a very good at placing dogs together and have maybe different rooms where different kind of personalities can gather together. So maybe that's what you can do. If you're just exhausted, hire a dog walker, get somebody else to come and help you and to, to sort of relieve that pressure. Maybe there's a family member or a kid down the street that can come and help you walk your dog. Um, other stuff that you could do is... Um, do hide and seek games in the house instead of feeding your dog from the food bowl then put your put the dog's food in different toys and hide it around the house various uh, other things that you can do but Ali this is a really young dog isn't it mm -hmm. yeah 10 we said 10 months old honestly Victoria this sounds like kind of normal dog behaviors for a 10 month old golden retriever they said jumping on everyone and everything shredding his toys it kind of sounds like a 10-month-old golden retriever. So what I would suggest is I think walking is a really great idea. And maybe Timothy's saying, oh, we tried that. And he just bites on the leash and pulls it just like a retriever would. He's really mouthy. What I would say first is if you have a yard, let him out in the yard first. Blow off a lot of that energy. And then you can take him out for a walk and, and walk on the leash. It's going to be a little bit more calm at that point. You can help him calm down a little bit uh, with dogs that if he is really mouthy and he's uh, mouthing people and shredding things, we want to show him what we do want him to do. We do want you to mouth those things. We don't necessarily want you to mouth these things. So if he's mouthing the leash, you can give him a toy to carry on walks. If he's shredding apart your things, you can give him things to shred apart. But it sounds like this is just an adolescent dog that really needs to get that energy out. And we can help him do that. But Timothy, do yourself a favor and think about what is one thing that I could do that I could add or take away from this environment that will make my life easier. So if you come home and the kids come home and the dog jumps all over them, 
you could either come in from a different way or you could just put the dog away. You could put baby gates in the kitchen, let the dog calm down a little bit before the kids go say hi from school. So make your life easier by adding or taking something from the environment. I think a dog walker may be a really great option in in this situation just to help that 10-month-old golden find what he is supposed to do and get the energy out that he needs. But then again, do a little bit of training. Like, And that's what you said with mm-hmm. the classes and dog sport can show him, start to think help him to think before he acts and start to think about what 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 should he do yeah instead that's, of... that's important i mean he's still 10 months old he's mm-hmm. still a baby he's still mm-hmm. a puppy so i hope that has helped you and i hope that um you're going to be able to use some of those um advice that Ali has said and so some of the advice that I've given you but it's all about channeling that energy into something that you want the dog to do rather than something that you don't want the dog to do all right I have a a question here I'm going to put my glasses on to actually read this to you so Ali you're going to help me this is actually quite a long one but a very interesting one we might have to put this question into parts we'll see Um, but I'm going to paraphrase um, it and anyway, it's from these lovely people. They have a 16-week-old beagle. This is from Jamie. Has a 16-week-old beagle puppy, Charlie. Needs training on several fronts. He's only been home with them for three weeks. And they mailed this to me last, uh, emailed me last, actually just a couple of days ago, actually, this one. Um, and I'm afraid we've already established some bad habits we're feeling a little exhausted and that's normal to feel exhausted with a young pup. They need some guidance. Their first contact with a dog trainer was of the dominance variety, which felt a bit of a failure on many fronts and they didn't like the idea of breaking our dog. So we've switched to positive reinforcement. I wonder if we need to rebuild trust. They say, I'm ashamed to admit that we yelled at our puppy a few times, mostly a loud voice to stop it when he got nasty with us. That said, we need a lot of help with training tips and are having no luck finding anyone in our area to return our calls. So he then spent five days in hospital with a life-threatening illness. And he started growling at the hospital staff. And now when he's home, he's growling at them. Oh, dear. And um, when he's being disturbed, when he's sleeping, when he's just being held, they say sometimes it feels like fear, sometimes like being petulant, maybe a tender tummy because he had a digestive illness. I had pretty severe growling, biting episode in the car. I'm going to stop it there because there's a whole load more, which we will do on another Ask Victoria, which we will do um, on... uh, another podcast i think we need to tackle what we have here right now which is the fact that you've got a very young dog don't worry don't beat yourself up the fact that you saw a trainer that was more of the dominance variety i'm really glad you made the change that you are going more the more positive route that's really important um and the fact that you've yelled at your puppy don't worry about it we don't yell at dogs just because we don't we just there's no real reason to to yell at them it's not really teaching them anything um ali what can they do instead uh, have they destroyed the relationship with their puppy i don't think so but what can you do instead of yelling at your dog 
So instead of yelling, you one thing about yelling that Victoria and I have talked about before is that yelling is very reinforcing to the person. It makes you feel better because you're really frustrated. You need to get it out. You see the dog doing something that you don't want him to do and you yell. And what usually happens is regardless of what the dog does, you feel good that you did it. So whether the dog stops doing what he was doing or not, which if you are yelling, he will probably stop because it's startling. So you feel really good that you've yelled and it has worked in the situation. But what yelling really does is whatever the dog was doing, the dog was probably doing it for a reason. It serves some sort of function for him. So whether he was chewing or pottying or something, that feels really good for him. And now that you've yelled, it doesn't take away that that felt good. It means that it he didn't enjoy doing it in front of you. So now he's going to try and do that away from you. So yelling isn't really serving a purpose. If yelling makes you feel better, we need to find something that will help you feel better in that moment. So for instance, I, I used to work at, a, uh, when I work at a jail dog program and many of the guys would yell at the dogs that they really want to. So instead I said, you can say words that maybe are not so nice, but you can say it in a really nice way. So maybe if you're really frustrated, say, oh, I can't believe you're doing this, you know, but you have to say it in a really nice tone. Uh, I can't believe you are the worst dog in the world. Like, obviously, we don't think the dog's the worst dog in the world, but it helps us to get those feelings out. But we have to say it in a good tone so the dog doesn't get that negative association. You could just walk away in that situation. You could interrupt with, again, like a more upbeat tone, pup, 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 pup take away whatever the thing the dog is chewing on, give him something else to chew on, and remove yourself from the situation. Yeah, we're not saying... We're Solve not the s- problem, but you right. kept it together. We're not saying that um, you don't give your dog boundaries. We're not mm-hmm. saying that you um, are not allowed to tell your dog no. We're just saying that, yeah, you understand that yelling is not... You don't like to yell, so that's fine. Um, but it's really teaching your dog what else to do in the situation the the thing that concerns me a bit more is this growling and i do feel like it is related to a medical issue if your dog did have digestive problems you don't say what problems that they are but was it a pancreatitis was it something if your dog was severely ill i suspect it was something like that which makes it and of course this is a very young puppy still which maybe you see, pup could associate being handled with something that was painful before and um, when they were ill in hospital. And and so you're handling them again and, oh, you either touch somewhere that still, still puppy doesn't feel good or it remembers when it was being touched and then has formed a positive, a, sorry, a negative association with being touched in a certain area. So for that, and that's what we'll tackle in this Ask Victoria is that, and we will, we will do more, I said, in subsequent Ask Victorias, but, um, that handling, I think you have to go back to your vet, see another vet or go to a vet behaviorist to check out that your dog is physically okay. And then with the handling, you start to go very slowly. You don't do a lot of handling. If you pick the dog up, you have to be very careful about how you pick the dog up. You might 
uh, pair the handling or picking the dog up with some delicious piece of food. And so that the dog begins to build an association, a positive association with being handled again. This is only if you know that the dog is not in pain. Because if it is pain, you have to address that. Because it doesn't matter what behavior stuff, behavior modification um stuff that you do with your dog your dog is still going to go ow that hurt and start growling but growling is important because growling is the way your dog is communicating to you that your dog is uncomfortable in some way wouldn't you agree yeah all of this sounds like information so to me if Mm -hmm. i ever feel like yelling at my dog i pause and i think this is information i don't like what my dog is doing why is he doing this this means that we need to do some prevent preventative measures earlier on because it's kind of like with kids. If they're doing something in the moment, the only impact I'm going to have is probably going to be negative. And so if he's doing something that he should be doing, like chewing, maybe not on something I wanted him to, but he's chewing, I can replace that with a toy and that's information for me later. Hmm, let's work on teaching the dog what I do want him to do in the situation. So the same thing for the growling. Growling is information. It's telling us, I want you to go away. And we actually want to let the dog know that growling will make me go away. It will let me know because what we don't want to do is let him know that your growling doesn't matter to me. I'm going to pick you up anyway. And then the dog is going to escalate that growl to a snarl and possibly even a bite. So we want to respect the growl. But what I think, I think this guy just needs a break. I think think he does need a break. If we get that medical clearance that he is okay, I think he just needs a break. There there was a biting episode, they say, in the car. There was a growling and biting episode in the car. Um, This this very, very young puppy. Um, yeah, I do. I think this dog just needs to have a bit of a rest and a bit of just dog time. Time to be a dog, not too much handling, not too much fiddling around with it. There's a whole host of other issues that we will address in other um, Ask Victoria's. And um, But Jamie, I'm really glad that you emailed me and um, keep watching. Okay, and keep listening to our podcasts because you'll get great information and we will cover the rest of, because as it is quite extensive, I can't do it all in one, but we will cover the, all the rest of your questions in subsequent Ask Victorias. Well, that's it for another podcast. Again, brilliant. I love it. This is so, I just love doing this. I love A, having people ask us questions so that we can help them. But I also love being able to give the right kind of information to people and to talk about what I love best, which are dogs and Mm -hmm. teaching and making their lives more harmonious with the people that love them. Absolutely. Victoria, one more thing for the holidays. Mm -hmm. I have five gifts for dog owners. (gasps) We've got the five gifts. Okay. Yes, I do want five gifts for dog owners. Okay. Perfect. Let's be cliche. You okay. ready for cliche? Yep. For the person that has everything, you can donate to charity. Okay. You can always donate right. to a dog charity of oh, their choice. Oh, please do. Yes. Yep. Help out our, sh- our pups in need. You could, another cheesy one, you could always find a trainer. You could find a positive trainer. Nobody's going to hate on a positive training session with a qualified trainer. You could get them a doggy experience. So maybe there's a uh, they, there's an agility fun agility for fun class. Maybe there's a private dog park. We just got a private dog park in Midtown wow, Atlanta nice. that you could get them a pass oh, to a so private dog park, brilliant. and you can have private time with just you and your dog there. So as someone who lives in the city, space is at a minimum. That would be super fun. You can always get them home goods. We could talk about uh, your dog's face on socks. That's a thing. Your dog's face on an ugly sweater. 
<laughs> I love it. Your dog's face on a cushion. A cushion pillow. Mm-hmm. But the last one is my personal favorite. That mom, if you're listening, matching pajamas with your pup. No. Yeah. Are you kidding? God. Of course. We wanted you to are be one positive. of those people. Yes, I know, but you I've embraced so it. You are so one of those people. But I've embraced it. I'm a standard poodle lady. I have standards, Victoria. <laughs> I have standards. And my standard this year is Grinch pajamas for class on myself. Oh. Can you get... Can, when you get them, can you? Because we can put it up on a um, a podcast page. Sure. Could we take a picture of you and Klaus in matching pajamas? I'll do you one better. Let's take a video of me con- of me giving him treats for wearing them because no. we want it to be a positive experience. You do. Oh my gosh, that will be brilliant. Ali, you're awesome. I'm excited to do this again with you. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We love the fact that you spend some time with us. And hey. Keep um, mailing your questions at tv.positively.com. Then if you want to uh, subscribe to Positively TV. Positively, sorry, if you want to subscribe to Positively TV, go to tv.positively.com. Use the promo code podcast. You'll get a free month of Positively TV. And um, if you want to change your life and become a dog trainer, go to vsdogtrainingacademy.com and you can either attend our in-person or our online-only course. If you just want to know more about how your dogs think, feel, and learn, go to the um, Fundamentals course, take that course. And if you use the promo code PODCAST, you can get $100 off the Fundamentals course. That is not going to be lasting very long. We are not going to do that promotion for very long. So instead of $299, it will be $199 off the Fundamentals course. That'll do it. We will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Positively.